Welcome to The Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 109, baby. I don't know how to dismount that one. You just do it how you do it sometimes, and I, I, let, you, I let you just have fun in the driver's seat, you know? Oh, good. Yeah. But I'm going to put you. my seatbelt on to be safe. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Being safe in this day and age. That's pretty good. Well, anyway, hi. Welcome back to another fucking safe room. <laughs> <laughs> I played Fortnite. <laughs> It really is. It's really not for me, doggy dog. Yeah. I gotta tell you, as much as the kids have been saying, yo, Kevin of the Red Herb fame on mm-hmm. Twitch.tv, why don't you go to where the crowds are? And the crowds are living in the Fortnite. And I say to myself, it's confusing and scary. I'm gonna put on my big, like, yeah. interviewer hat on, and I'm gonna ask you a few questions here. Uh, number one, it- what compelled you? Was it the various skins you've been seeing lately? Was it the dummy thick Chun Li skin? Was mm. it that Ryu had a gun? Gotcha. Or was it that super cute Ellen Ripley? Like, what was it? What was it? Yeah. I, you know, you could say all of the above in, mm-hmm. in a few different ways, right? But mainly it was the Ellen Ripley slash Xenomorph skin. But... It looks really good. I didn't understand the game's economy. I thought it was like, oh, do I play a certain amount? Do mm-hmm. I, like, build a bridge or something? And then I get, like, I get enough points? Mm-hmm. So there's this currency called V-Bucks mm-hmm. in the game, right? I don't I'm know not that. sure how it, sh- like, shakes out to real-world money, but the point is they want your real-world money. Mm-hmm. Very hard to earn V-Bucks in-game. Very easy to spend $20 for 2,800 <laughs> points, apparently. I recused myself from doing so because I said to myself, as much as I want this, these aliens-related skins, and they're good. That Xenomorph is good. Oh, it's fly. Fucking fly as fuck. I said to myself, but then I would have to play more Fortnite to enjoy these skins. Mm-hmm. And I decided after about f- six matches, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I just want to stop. I just want to backflip out of it and be like, I don't, I don't, I feel like a stranger in a strange land in that motherfucker. You know, people are driving around pickup trucks, blasting, ba- blasting rap and, and parachuting in and shit. And, and some people look like Daft Punk and other people are like zany, zany fucking basketball mascots or something. I'm not sure what the fuck is going on in there. I mean, it's been a while since we've been tapped into the, the Fortnite vein yeah, oh, been a while I since mean, we played for two hours, three years ago. It was ago. what, like season one? That was before they did that big old nuke. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly probably would have no fucking clue what was going on if I if I plugged in that game. Yeah. Um, not that I did in the first place. A lot of skins, a lot of weird stuff. Sometimes they're showing movies. Sometimes it's fucking... Uh, Travis Barker. Yeah, so, Travis Barker? Baker? Uh, Travis Scott. Travis Scott. Yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes he's Travis doing Scott. Con- he's doing concerts and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, what is this game? And Giant. Yeah. You forgot the doing concert and is Giant. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those games, and much like uh, Fall Guys, where there are these like pretty cool like incentive skins that mm. I, I have to plug in and play X amount of hours. And then even at that, to really enjoy the, the, the benefits of the thing that I, you know, spent money on or grinded for crowns or, you know, got chicken dinner royales. Like, I still have to keep playing. Otherwise, it's just like, what mm. was the point of doing it? And I wouldn't want to. FOMO is a spell. FOMO is witchcraft because what what other anything could have got me to play motherfucking Fortnite beyond like oh man they got a chun li really dummy thick skin oh man i mean ripley's sneakers painted on her though there's a little jonesy that i can have as a as an attache i don't even know how the game functions where i can have jonesy (laughs) with me i don't know i don't know what that means really so i i i I fucking shook out of the spell (laughs) and freed myself i feel like though if 
they came back around and they're like, here's a new Capcom drop. And they like yeah. put Resident Evil stuff in there. Yeah. Like maybe a, a zombie royale situation. Yeah, I'd be back in. Yeah, you'd be back in. Yeah, it. I'd be there. Yeah. Anything that would kind of forego like the main game systems of like building and doing would probably get me back in. I mean, you could play the whole match without building or doing. You yeah. just get shot in the face eventually. Yeah. Or some sort of weird poisonous cloud suffocates you. Yeah. It's a children's game, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well, good times. Hi, do they know who we are? They do not. And sometimes I think it's for the better, but we're going to tell them anyway, right? That's a shame. We're the save room. We're the only podcast that's stopping Silent Hill from being revealed. Every single event, I threaten somebody a new name <laughs> over there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a biz development expert over at uh, Konami mm. who trembles when he hears the save room. Let me tell you what. It's good stuff. Hmm. Yeah, did it again for State of Play. That was that was a late one. I didn't even know the show was happening. I was like, oh, hang on. <laughs> Let me get out my big phone and, and make some calls. <laughs> Let me get my threatened phone. <laughs> it's a fucking Nokia. Your, your burner phone for <laughs> yeah, threats. I throw, I throw it in the river every time I'm done with it. It's like, don't you fucking dare announce Silent Hill. Don't you do it. <laughs> I mean, they weren't going to announce it anyway, but I'm glad to know you had some yeah. part in, in pissing off the gamers. Yeah, absolutely. And then I also said, when you're done unannouncing Silent Hill, check out The Save Room at SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show, or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. No don't, else. don't look at the RSSSSS. Those are ours. <laughs> Where can they see our faces, Daniel? They can also find our beautiful, nubile faces streaming Kevin Ugh. over at Twitch.tv slash The Red Herb. Nubile. Oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Should I, should I no, I love it. Good, keep on going. Manly, masculine, bearded. No, that's good. Feral? It just makes me feel like veal. <laughs> <laughs> Am I veal when I stream, Daniel? Sometimes. I feel like we're looking a little gray these days. Kind of like veal. Yeah, I feel a little just, gray. Yeah. Whole fucking side of my body hurts today. I don't know why. It's just from sleeping. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I do. I, I, I know that happens to me pretty regularly, uh, getting old. Yeah. I wake up and I'm like, how did I sleep? Did I sleep? One of these days, dude. My body just aches. I just want to get young. That's all. <laughs> just one day. Just like, let's kick it in reverse. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe if you stop threatening people. Maybe if I play more Fortnite. Maybe if you play more Fortnite. <laughs> uh, and you can also find me some days. One day, maybe again, streaming mm-hmm. over at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. Check out the VODs. You can find me over there playing Cuphead uh, on my many VODs, doing sick Bender impersonations from That's Futurama. True. I'm very sick very, of those very Bender good. impersonations. So you uh, want to give the kids at home a little, uh, little taste? <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, just a taste. Mm. Say his famous line. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is a robot, and, yeah. you know, he often has to say it because people don't quite understand it. And the famous line <laughs> that he, he says say? to Fry is... I'm a robot, Fry. Hey. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, it's pretty awesome. And then the other line, bite my shiny metal ass. There it is. Yeah. God damn it. What a good, what a good VO. Yeah. I know. Here. I know. Are you with SAG Afro or like, what's... no, I'm not very union. How, how do the kids at home sign you? <laughs> they don't want to. The, the kids being agents for very famous voiceover projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause get this guy in there. Horizon Zero West, it's not done yet. I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be doing a side quest with fucking Ashley Birch, and it's going right. to be magnetic. You guys are going to love it. It's going to be real. Yeah. I love it. Um, I want to talk real quick about yeah. uh, a streaming venture we did the other night where we decided, 
to watch the best-selling movie of 2020, Sonic oh, the Hedgehog. Yeah, we Twitch. did. How do you feel a year later? Worse. <laughs> Definitely that. worse. Yeah. I, I liked the movie when I first saw it, and then on second feeling, I was like, this movie has, like, no fucking bite. Like, the <laughs> jokes are jokes for maybe old people that are half paying attention. Like, it's just not good. Like, it, it needed to go just a little further. Mm-hmm. Like, I was having problems with Robotnik, with Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. And most people agree that he was pretty good in that role yeah, and i'm like fine. i was like nah dude it was very cookie cutter because it's like he he undercuts himself every single line like you don't know whether to be uh, take this man seriously and be threatened by him mm-hmm. because then he'll make just a really stupid fucking joke like a second later and then you're like oh i'm not supposed to take you seriously you're not a genius you're a fucking idiot and then the next <laughs> thing he's like i have figured out the world and it's robots and i'm like Ugh, this sucks <laughs> i just got bored i don't know but to be fair well, I don't know if this is fair, but it's still probably the best video game movie we've ever gotten. Silent Hill. I'm going to give it to Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill falls apart in the third act. It for sure does. But it's pretty fucking strong for like 70% of that movie. Like keeps it keeps it going, right? Sonic, I think like it's fine. It maintains its tone and vision through and through. Sure. I think for doing like a fish out of water movie about an interdimensional alien hedgehog uh, who stalks, you know... James Morrison and his wife. Mm. I, I think they nailed that vision. Yeah. Do you think that they sh- they sh- should have stuck with this or give what the fans what the fans want, which is just a zany fucking cartoon world with all of his friends, like in a movie like that? Oh, we'll get it. We will get it. I mean, we'll we're building to that inevitable. Like, you, you think we'll move away from the universe. human element and it's just like, oh, here's all these fucking cartoon people, all of his best friends farting and eating chili dogs and and fighting space monsters. I mean, that'll probably be the third movie. Uh, I do think, I, I feel like half of the, the next movie is going to take place in, like, Mushroom Hill Zone or Mushroom wherever, Zone or and, some, some and James Marsden's going to be in, like, this alien planet. He's like, I don't know what to do. I want to be back in San Francisco or Montana or wherever he's from. I think, Montana. I think they're, <laughs> they're going to flip the script a little bit. Yeah. James Marsters, like, they're going to go to space, and he's going to fucking suffocate in the first ten minutes mm-hmm. in space, and, like, Sonic can't do anything to save him as fast as he is. Mm-hmm. He, he still needs oxygen. <laughs> so oh. he watches his poor cop friend. Uh, cop die in the oh, middle no. of the vacuum. Yeah, and that's like the first ten minutes. And then like, who's like the Thanos of Sonic? Who's the Thanos of Sonic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I feel like Robotnik. Is Robotnik? Robotnik is like the fucking the mega mind. There was the never a bigger threat than like Robotnik. Not really. No. Didn't like the world end in Sonic Heroes or something? Possibly. I don't. I don't know about okay. Sonic Heroes. All right. Well, we need a big stuff. threat, a, like yeah. a giant hedgehog or something. Yeah. Metal Sonic, but like the size Metal of 50 Sonic. skyscrapers. Oh, so he's like, um, what's that fucking planet transformer called? The one from the animated movie? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Galvatron or something? Yeah, we need something Galvanus? Like we need that, but, <laughs> but Sonic Metal. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised we never got like the Galactus of Sonic, but yeah. also, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's always been pretty simple, and then, you know, it's about Robotnik reeling in all these like weird characters on the side and did you did you like it more did you like it this time around listen i ever watch it again no not at all and i have it on (laughs) blu-ray when you really 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 wanted to rewatch this movie and i was just like yeah sure we'll we'll get to it like i honestly didn't feel the need to sit down and watch it because i got everything i needed out of it the first time um i had some pretty good things to say about it when we watched it when we reviewed it like a year ago you guys can still check that out that's up in the ether but neither i think it's just a fine movie i don't know like it, it's okay its tone is is you know pretty 
down the middle <laughs> kids movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The jokes really don't land. I, I don't think I laughed maybe more than once throughout that entire movie. Um, mm. Yeah, no. I mean, I still connect with Sonic at the core, you know, being this kind of sad blue boy who just wants love and companionship. You know what my problem is? Sonic was acting like he had a personality the entire film, mm-hmm. rather than having one. He just didn't really have a personality. He just was like, these are funny, or this is what a silly alien boy thing would say. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't land. That's my problem. Why are we re-reviewing Sonic? What's happening here? I don't know. <laughs> well, we got some gaming news. I think we should get to that, because there's probably like a like four deep pockets of conversation yeah. that, that we got to get into. Absolutely. So, do you want to you wanna, you wanna get wanna kick that, it off with that gaming news? That big old gaming news scroll? Today we will unlock the news. Oh. Is it behind a paywall? Or do you... it, it is. Oh. It's behind a battle pass, which I had to learn about as well. <laughs> also a confusing thing. Eleven ninety nine a month. What the fuck ever? What? I, since when is Fortnite an MMO? Anyway, number one on here. This is kind of a follow-up from a previous news story that the Save Room reported on. Mm-hmm. Bioware confirms Anthem Next is cancelled, which is kind of a sad thing. I got a few pull quotes from... A Mr. Christian Daly, which is the game's executive producer, actually has moved on to be Dragon Age's uh, Dragon Age 4's executive producer, okay. by the way. Okay. So it's not a good sign that somebody had to like dip into the office and be like, all right, <laughs> I gotta talk about Anthem now. But his quotes are as such. In the spirit of transparency and closure, we wanted to share that we've made the difficult decision to stop our new development work on Anthem, aka Anthem Next. We will, however, continue to keep the Anthem live service running as it exists today. Uh, I've got another quote here where he said, 2020 was a year unlike any other. However, and while we continue to make progress against all our game projects at BioWare, working from home during the pandemic has had an impact on our productivity, and not everything we had planned as a studio before COVID-19 can be accomplished without putting undue stress on our teams. So here's what they're going to do next. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what the team's going to work on is, um, quote, Game development is hard. Decisions like these are not easy. Moving forward, we need to laser focus our efforts as a studio and strengthen the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles while continuing to provide quality updates for Star Wars The Old Republic, end quote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, so this dude works at BioWare Austin. Mm-hmm. I guess they're supporting Old Republic. I didn't even know that that's something yeah, that's still no around, to be that's honest cool. with you. But yeah, could have seen this one coming mm-hmm. because a year ago they were saying they were working on stuff or had a team that was working on what could have been eventually Anthem Next. Yeah. And it seemed like Greenlight Go then. And then suddenly uh, a couple weeks back we get a Bloomberg article from Jason Schreier saying, oh no, EA is still deciding the fate of this, which tells me, like, oh, they don't really want to spend the money on it. Um, how does this make you feel as a nearly day one customer of Anthem? Yeah, it was like a week one customer. Yeah, like of a week Anthem. one, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it's for the 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 team members who might have been like wholly invested in, in seeing a new vision of Anthem. I think it's probably a bummer for them. I think across the board, it's probably a good thing that they decided to just not move forward with it because i don't know much like we talked about in the past like what whatever they could have done you know i don't know if it was going to live up to people's expectations and if they came out with a quote anthem next and it shot the bed again like ea is just gonna be like no fuck this like we're just gonna can the game as a whole you know and mm-hmm. i feel like there would have been worse repercussions for it so i think it's it's kind of a better thing to just kind of call it quits while you're ahead with it obviously like supporting it 
you know, keeping it alive for the player base that might still be there. I don't even know what those numbers look like. Uh, they're probably maybe around the same area where the Avengers numbers are, probably a little less. Huh. I think it's smart, honestly, to maybe reallocate and shuffle around some of these people and put them on other projects that, like, Bioware really needs to hit, you mm. know? Because, like, Mass Effect, Dragon Age 4, like, these games need to be a success. They can't kind of take the same sort of, like, chances with those the way they did with Anthem. Uh, yeah i I think um you gotta know when it's time to call it quits yeah in a lot of scenarios i i think um a lot of people were mentioning you know kind of resuscitation projects like final fantasy uh 14 around reborn Uh and uh no man's sky but i feel like one of the bigger differences is that i think there's just more interest to have those titles come back in a big way Mm -hmm. whereas anthem people kind of well first of all the bioware fans that were following bioware because of bioware Mm -hmm. were just totally put off of what this game was Mm -hmm. like a live service game was never going to hit for uh bioware's like ardent followers right and the second part is like yeah dude they they must be looking at some numbers that tell them this doesn't make sense you know especially player count or what is the cost investment to make this game something like to give it a substantial next uh change like maybe it was just like nah this is a gamble for us Mm -hmm. right we don't we don't see it coming out on top and considering all the money and time and assets that they probably already put into it over the last like two years at this point like yeah it's it seems like sunk costs all around for it and like there's no return and it had a long development cycle yeah. for something that didn't actually come together until the last like year and a it was half like the last 18 of development months, yeah yeah um, so it's a bummer because like i mean new ips across the board are kind of a gamble as it is oh always yeah. um and this was a tough one because it, it didn't hit with bioware fans and it didn't seem to really hit with live service fans so it's like who did it really yeah. hit with and it didn't sadly yeah, I and again, this is not like a total condemnation against the game. There was problems oh. with the game, but like we found our fun with it. Mm-hmm. I liked going out there, my jav, my javelin, be able to color up my Iron Man in any sort of way that I wanted, wear a cape and use warlock powers and shit. Like it, it rode you know similar highs to Destiny, but it had just a little bit of a variance to its combat, especially in its flight mechanics that made it like stand out in those ways. Mm-hmm. It was just everything else wasn't you know baked up or good. Similar story with Avengers. We, I really like certain mechanics and the feel of things, and the rest of the game is just not well thought mm. out, right? And that's those are going to be the games that are just going to lose people real quick. Yeah. That's what happened here. But yeah, I, I just don't think there was a um, a scenario where people were going to flood back to this title to make mm-hmm. it like work for both Bioware and EA, right? There was always a situation of just like, dude, our money's in our money's in these other IPs, Mass Effect, which they've kind of fucked with, <laughs> fucked mm-hmm. up with for the last couple of years last several years oh my god we're getting older and older um yeah when was andromeda wasn't that 2017 it was 2017 i mean that was like really the only fuck up they had Mm -hmm. yeah with the mass effect ip that's true that's their only fuck up it's one fuck up but it just seems so big for some reason right i don't know why that is i don't know we just put a lot of value on the mass effect brand Mm -hmm. and franchise as a whole so yeah probably um it's got to be hard to like the the line that um christian daly said in the the midst of covid kind of having those productivity swings and kind of collaborating in a way that like you might have done in person that might be hard to do remote and also Mm -hmm. like there's so many undue stresses going on with work from home as it is you know with people just kind of i don't know like it takes it's been taking a toll on people in weird ways and this might be one of those things that's just adding like undue stress when they they could just be like fuck it we don't have enough gas to make this happen let's just 
switch gears and put efforts where like we can maybe make these successes instead it's a curious comment isn't it because like if they're not just blowing smoke up around and i don't think that they are but yeah. they're like rather than just saying like well you know it's covid so it's hard to you know make anthem again like that's <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, there, there's probably a lot more factors in that but it is interesting that it's being brought up because i've noticed especially in corporate structures there is this idea of you know, leadership trying to be mindful mm-hmm. of people like going through COVID, especially if they're working from home and whatnot and their whole shit has changed. Yeah. Uh, such as us. And yet the quiet part is the expectations haven't changed for you though. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's where like that a lot of pressure comes in. And I'm wondering if this is an instance of like, you know, maybe Bioware internally, whether it's at EA's level or Austin's level or whoever, is just kind of noticing like our output ain't the same anymore. Yeah. Like we're really looking at what happened uh, for development from in 2020. And mm-hmm. now we're actually looking at our projects and going, what's realistic knowing that we're we kind of have this um, new burden, mm-hmm. right, to our uh, workforce. Interesting comment. I just... I want to see how how much more often this kind of thing happens where somebody comes out and just goes like, yeah, well, we didn't do that DLC or we didn't like increase the scope of this project because it's just not possible with the work from home setup right now. Yeah, I think like, sure, you can come together in a like virtual setting, video setting and collaborate and make stuff happen. But I feel like so much there's so much creativity that happens in person amongst people mm-hmm. that maybe it's just getting stifled on top of like just people maybe just coming undone because like you know we hadn't expected to work from home for a year yeah and it's still kind of like up in the air as to like when certain companies might return to office if at all so yeah yeah so interesting there but i think um in this sense like i am a little sad right mm-hmm. I, I i picked up anthem like day one yeah. and i thought it was cool enough and i was like okay i hope they fix this to where it's actually really really fun mm-hmm. and then they didn't because because the game hemorrhaged so many people so quickly and the press was just fucking bad yeah. for months and months and months. Which honestly also helped kind of change the narrative for Anthem, right? In a very mm-hmm. negative fashion. You got to think about that way. Like I think about these kind of bandwagons where it's like when you have fucking IGN and GameSpot and all the rest games radar all saying the same shit. Just yeah. dunking on your game, talking about player counts going down and like, you know, riding that wave of news. How much does that add to this kind of mythos that just hurts mm. a title more and more where they cannot come back in a good way, right? Yeah. Maybe that's something they were trying to avoid as well. Like yeah. I think maybe from EA's level or Bioware, they're just like, yeah, we can't take any more bad headlines. Like right. no matter what we do, even if we put out something good, there's still going to be like a negative cloud surrounding it. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's a bummer. Cause myself, like you, like I had fun with it. I thought it was very cool. It's a cool concept. Some of the systems are definitely like at odds with themselves. And I don't think uh, much of it would have changed. Like even in Anthem next, like some of that core stuff obviously still would have been there and all the new stuff would have just been built on top of it. Like, you know, like we saw with Final Fantasy 14 and a bunch of other kind of mm-hmm. live service games. Um, and that's okay. <clears throat> build on the ashes. Yeah, ex- exactly. Build on what's there because it's like you can't really undo it, right? right? Without marketing as a whole new game altogether. I would have loved to have seen what it could have become. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's one of those games that I think really deserved another chance but it also was just kind of at odds with like bad bad decisions all around like bad production Mm -hmm. pipelines bad probably decisions from management you know inconsistent vision a lot of things yeah yeah there's a whole detailed record of what went wrong uh that jason trier wrote about for kotaku before bloomberg but um i am 
interested in what those concepts to make Anthem Next would have been. Sure. It'd be cool to see like a video doc or something about just like, yeah, here's what we want to do XYZ to improve this experience. I'm mm-hmm. very curious how that kind of um, resurrection process looked like for that Anthem team where mm-hmm. just like what concepts did you deal with and how did you solicit feedback from pretty small community actually after yeah. a while? Like how did you solicit the right feedback? So that'd be cool to see one day. Hopefully we get that. <sighs> Maybe in another Jason Schreier book. In another Jason <clears throat> Schreier novel <laughs> about video game strife and the unsustainability of AAA game <laughs> development. I wonder how many devs that were part of that game, though, are actually relieved to maybe just move on to a new thing. To so just let this this one lie, let yeah. the sleeping dog sleep. I don't know. I don't know. I think for I, from what I've heard from conversations with devs, they always want to, like... Even when a project's like done and over, they want to go back and continue to iterate and mm-hmm. continue to improve and make really just try to match that vision in their head for what the final sure. product is, right? So I think there will always be like this kind of swan song in their hearts about this title. Yeah. You know, where like it could have been something uh, if they were just given more time and if leadership didn't, you know, goof. <laughs> this is pretty telling, though, that after this, we're never going to get anything else Anthem. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like this done. Anthem is going to go through its current iteration. It's eventually going to get sunsetted. And then we're sadly probably not going to get a new IP from that team like that. So mm, yeah, that's another thing too. Like it's when these um, kind of new IPs fail that come from established studios. Yeah. Every publisher is going to take the same message, which is, oh, let's just buckle down on the I- existing IP. And then we're just going to see the same shit over and over again, right? Yeah. Like, just hearing that they're like, oh, we're being moved over to Dragon Age and uh, Mass Effect. Like, oh, that's okay. Mm. <laughs> that's all they're going to make forever, right? Let's see if Bioware ever gets to make another uh, new IP after this shit. Do they still have the three studios? Uh, I'm not sure. The Montreal and the Austin and then they're somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they still have every th- studio. I- Edmonton was the other one. Yeah. I think two of them got merged. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not up to breast on the Bioware <laughs> studio structure. Ever since Casey Hudson left for the third time, <laughs> I just, I just, my heart can't take it, you yeah. know? <laughs> I, I can't take another heartbreak from uh, from that team. I know. In- interesting note, actually, Mr. Daniel, now that we're talking about their other IP, uh, we just found out through Jason Schreier that Dragon Age, in response to the failure of Anthem, will no longer have any multiplayer elements. Ah, okay. <laughs> Apparently, and I might have missed this, maybe they announced this, I, I don't know, but dragon age the fourth one was intended to always be a live service game and i'm just like oh my god that is absolutely the wrong direction for your single player rpg series guys (laughs) like you do realize that right that's ooh, oof yeah i must have missed that detail in any press conference or thing that happened (laughs) yeah i think most people were like super surprised that that's what they were trying to make yeah and it was like oh shit and i wonder like how long ago that decision was made because Mm. fuck like when are we getting Dragon Age 4 at that point? <laughs> Fucking 2024? Fuck, did they have to entirely, like, revision what it was? I don't know. I, <laughs> I I didn't hear anything about that, but I just heard that, like, oh, they're focusing on making it just a single-player RPG. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a... Huh. <laughs> that's news. <laughs> I think that's smart, though. Yeah, especially coming from EA. Single-player is dead EA. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna live that down. That, that, that was... Some executive is fucking, like, already, like, just retired who said that statement. <laughs> yeah, they, they have no fucking, like, butterfly effect of it. They're like, what? I said yeah. that when? Yeah, uh, it's whatever. part of the DNA yeah. of Electronic Arts at this point. Like, we will never forget those, those words. That exec was probably fucking drunk on, like, so many highballers and just kind of coked oh, out of yeah. his mind. He just said it. and Single-player is dead. <laughs> he hasn't thought about it since. No, Marty, you're not seeing it. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, look, look, it being EA, I'm not surprised that they were trying to push for another live service multiplayer thing. Oh, yeah. But at this point, look to where your most recent single-player success was with uh, Fallen Order, with Respawn, and let that be a notion that single-player is not dead, and it's very much something that people crave, especially for these experiences that are only going to be held back by adding multiplayer components. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Look at, like, Fallout, right? Like, how bad was Fallout 76 hurt by, like, being an open player, like an open world uh, multiplayer game. Yeah. Some of it's like story. And none, none of it makes choices. sense. None of it makes sense. <laughs> Whereas like if you had just maybe made a Fallout 5, made a, you know, open world game that people yeah. wanted, uh, would have been different. Or instead of trying to staple on a multiplayer experience to a single player framework, that would have been, a, you know, a thing that I would have sure. looked at and been like, yo, guys, come on, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, good to know. Good to know. EA, Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Bioware. All names. <laughs> well, we got a second thing on here. Uh, yeah. Also kind of in the vein of like studio uh, reallocation and, you know. Oh, more bullshittery. <laughs> Number thanks. two on here. Sony has reorganized Japan studio. Goodness gracious. Which is another way of saying they shelved the studio and redistributed its assets. Mm. Yep. SIE confirmed in a statement to IGN that Japan studio will be recentered around Team Asobi, the makers of Astro's Playroom. Localization, IP management, and external production will be moved to PlayStation Studios' global wings. Just... Out, out there floating fortresses of PlayStation, apparently, <laughs> around the globe. This news follows reports that game development had stalled at the 27-year-old studio that brought us Ape Escape and The Last Guardian. According to sources that spoke to VGC, there was internal strife over the Japan studio's wish to... I should have just taken the, the out of that. <laughs> over Japan studio's wish to create titles for the Japanese market. Whereas Sony wanted them to focus on global hits. Hmm. In recent months, Japan Studio saw the departure of key creatives, including Silent Hill director Kichiro Toyama and Bloodborne's producer Masaka Yamagiwa. VGC reports that a vast majority of Japan Studio's developers were in fact laid off. Ooh, okay. They didn't have their annual contracts renewed, and that's when you know blood is in the water. Yeah. So I think this sucks. Thoughts? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it it does suck because Japan Studio was such kind of an integral part of the, I guess, Eastern thumbprint of of Sony. All the kind of Sony, well, who is an Eastern a, company, yeah, they're a Japanese yeah. studio through and through. It's one of those things where like a lot of beloved games came out of there, but when we look at the more recent releases, like what really came out of there other than the Astros games. Yeah, like you had games like Gravity Rush, you had games like, you know, The Last Guardian, which was not a big hit. I feel like the most runaway successes did come from, I mean, a pack and game for the PS5 and, you know, Astro's Rescue Mission. But it's a bummer because, like, I feel like that's just such an important part of Sony's identity. And I hope that doesn't get lost, you know, as... As mm-hmm. they shift more towards like kind of Western driven games. Yeah, I I saw some conversations online about this where like of course it's it just feels like a loss, not a not an evolution for their business model because mm-hmm. it's yeah it, it it brought diversity to their slate honestly mm-hmm. and always having this kind of Japanese backbone to the company and being able to like rely on some of these just quirky hits that just are like mm-hmm. you know honestly fun for fun's sake yeah kind of stuff is is great um and so we're losing this era where people were talking about online where 
like when PS3 came out of the door and just kind of shit the bed, mm-hmm. just because of bad messaging and over cockiness on Sony's part for mm-hmm. it. You had Japan Studio and the third parties that it worked with mm-hmm. coming out there going like, okay, well, we're still going to make good games, good, yeah. interesting games that'll be super draws, you know, like here and there. You'll find your niche, uh, your niche audiences for them nonetheless. Like now it just seems like, okay, you guys just want to make literally, and here's the, <laughs> the PlayStation exclusive formula, mm-hmm. an open world action game. Open world, third person, over the shoulder action game. That's it. That's all they make. That's all they know how to make yeah. now. You know, and it, like I, I love these different action games, but like, goddamn. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's kind of a. I don't know. It's they're diluting their own brand with it. Where it's yes. like, sure, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, Spider Man, different games, obviously, but they all have the same kind of dna <laughs> they really the, the same, same fabric really yeah <laughs> you know you know and we're kind of losing that bench depth that a studio like G- japan studio would have done and and even if you said to yourself like hey they're not making like you know these fucking hits like they they help foster some of sony's bigger hits like bloodborne and yep. all these other titles mm-hmm. it's like god damn yeah they respect to them man yeah <laughs> i mean we had what like siren came out of there patapon knack like so there were like a lot of yeah, like dog. really beloved titles and i get that like they probably didn't sell as hard as like these fucking triple a masterpieces but like it was their chance to do things that weren't triple a yeah. and that were very kind of emblematic of, of sony's touch um not to say that we won't get that stuff still i feel like we could get still special titles with like second party and third party relationships mm-hmm. but it just won't be incubated in the same way they want to make global games yeah. apparently and it's like i think it's still important for gaming's sake to have games that feel like they come from a specific place yeah. where it's like the witcher series is very very european sure. right and a lot of japanese games are intrinsically japanese they mm-hmm. you'll never get a, like a western studio to make something that like on on the level that japan would have like just kind of funded and played with you know yeah it, it just I, I i miss that not to say that like sony's not gonna, it's gonna stop working with japanese studios that's not what's happening oh, yeah, here not at all but it just feels like one of those things where it's like all right well it seems like it's less important to you hmm. and that doesn't feel as good <laughs> going forward so my worry is that they're just gonna homogenize their lineup right everything is gonna be like oh it's a big open world mm-hmm. no matter what you know, it's like, oh, you guys are just doing, like, the Ubisoft thing <laughs> with your fucking IP. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still going to be fine because, like, there's a quality of seal to all of these games, right? Sure. Like, the Uncharted games are always going to be good. The Spider-Man games are always... And, like, you know, same for all of these, like, new games that we have. But, like, it's going to feel samey after a while. And it already does. Yeah. It's you know? a whole generation of it, right? And it, it goes back into, like, the whole, you know, kind of the Anthem mess, which is uh now publishers are going to be they're utterly afraid of releasing anything that's not a surefire triple a success mm-hmm. right because game costs are so fucking expensive at this yeah. point so yeah i don't know I, I i feel like maybe some of the wrong lessons came out of the last generation as successful and as big as it was probably mm-hmm. the most successful generation of video gaming ever yeah right we're talking about a generation that birthed the switch and had ps4 and mm-hmm. all this yeah it just kind of birth like the idea of like cloud gaming and right. all the stuff that xbox is doing so it was like a, a lot of groundwork that's yeah. gonna like you know that's big and it's gonna continue growing like going forward so yeah it's just i feel like a part of that growth though is also you know knowing your legacy this whole fucking game astro's playroom is about like playstation legacy mm. and then you turn around and shutter japan studio maybe yeah it's kind of like a like a backhand slap yeah maybe you don't deserve to celebrate your own legacy if you're just gonna set fire to it so fuck off i mean 
it, it honestly just really says that they want to put everything to Astros and make it like this next big mascot success. Sure. But <laughs> sure. I think it's, it's, it's an amazing game, amazing franchise. A little recency bias there. Huh? A little recency bias. Oh, yeah. But I don't think it's ever going to be on that level that like Mario was or no, no, know, Crash was or, like those games. But like, and I, I don't know if they their idea is just like, yeah, well, we'll keep Team Asobi around just because like you know Astro doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Like I hope that they grow into something as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's making different kinds of hits and not just like fucking PSVR games. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh yeah, we didn't mention that PSVR too. Apparently, is going to happen. They didn't show anything about it, so that was a weird announcement. But less cables. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> How many cables then? We down the we down the seven? <laughs> I think two, two cables, two cables, yeah, two whole cables. Good god <laughs> damn! This thing must cost eleven hundred dollars, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see kind of what happens with this. I mean, silver lining is like not everybody got fired, which I you know it's, it's a shitty thing to have to say. Like there there were people that were kind of moved to other teams. Yeah. Um, I just hope we see some were killed. Some were killed. By, Ast- by a man in an Astro. A man in a- <laughs> when you see the glow of Astro's eyes, you know it's over. Yeah. yeah. I-, I would like to see, like, maybe some of these other studios that we hail as, like, some of the, the great, you know, Sony studios. Maybe get a chance at doing indie work as well, you know, mm-hmm. or having branch-offs for-, for things like that. There there was a whole initiative, I think, that Shuhei was doing where he was trying to do, like, kind of a, a studio for indie games. Yeah. I don't remember what happened with that, but... Shuhei, they put him in a closet. <laughs> Don't you remember? <laughs> fucking Herman Schultz came by and was like, what is this garbage? Went, Tokyo Jungle 2? Get the fuck into your closet. Get to your closet. <laughs> but oh well. You want to talk about uh, some more Japanese games? Sure. Number three, the Pokemon broadcast brought some pokey surprises. <laughs> That's the height of too much, really. Yeah, tell you that was what. good. Was, uh, yeah, something. Did you know? New Pokemon Snap set for release on April 30th. I hope you were getting me a pre order for my birthday. Oh, yeah. I was going to go all in. I'm actually going to get you a whole new Switch that's kind of like Pokemon centric. Right. It's a custom Pokemon-centric. job. Custom job? Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, um, I'm very excited. Show that would literally excite somebody else who enjoyed Pokemon. <laughs> I, know, I, know. I was about to be really mean, and I was just like, "Oh no, yeah, that would be cool for for some people." <laughs> I was about to say, "I'm going to put on Pikachu costume and fist fight you if you ever did that." Fuck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they showed off new features, including a photo editing mode, oh. AI scoring for your photos. It's like smart scoring and. Illumina orbs that make Pokemon glow if they eat them. Now, this is pro tip. Outwardly affecting your subjects for the sake of a photo will not land you a job at Nath- National Geographic. You, you shouldn't. You're oh. not supposed to do that to subjects. I didn't know that. Well, like, what? You, <laughs> you, you document. You do not interfere. It's like a photojournalism rule. Oh. Document, no interference. Oh, that's not what photo manipulation means. Oh, shit. Right. Well, what they're doing here is they're they're feeding radioactive fruit to these Pokemon to make them glow for a shot. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's scary. And then I think you told me Raichu's surfing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hit callback right there because, like, Pikachu in the first Pokemon Snap, he surfed. Yo, Pokemon Yellow. When are they going to remake that? What, do you have good news for me? What's up? Didn't they basically remake that with the Let's Go games? Oh. Yeah. No, but not like that. Oh, oh, oh. Remake it, but not like that. But not like that. And then they'll show me a chibi art sound. They're like, yeah, but no, not like that, though. Oh, And they'll be like, what do you want? And then I show them an image of, like, a Witcher mod (laughs) with Ash running around. And they're like, no, no, Kevin, no. (laughs) So, by the way, another thing. Actually, first of all, sorry. 
excited for Pokemons now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fuck I think yeah. it's going to be great. Fuck yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Next on here, Gen 4 is being remade for the current generation in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl. Oh. Wow. The games feature the same top-down perspective as the 2006 originals, but feature a chibi 3D art style. Game Freak has passed the torch to ILCA, that's catchy, to develop the remakes, <laughs> who has previously worked in Pokemon Home and provided support for Nier Automata and Yakuza 0. Oh. We have have yakuza zero development power <laughs> on the new pokemon remix i very much love it did you play fucking diamond and pearl i did i, I did oh, no, no, no. i for sure did not no my god i'm such a like elapsed pokemon fan and i missed yeah. a lot of like the handheld titles for sure um definitely haven't played diamond missed a lot of the you know they're like almost entirely handheld titles right like what's <laughs> what do you mean you only played stadium is what you're trying to tell me <laughs> yeah, snap stadium one stadium two uh yeah it rolled on the next one fuck <laughs> yeah we always get into this where we're just like well, well wait a second have you fucked with any of these mainline it's, titles it's funny because like right now is today actually is, yeah. is pokemon 25 like the 25th anniversary for pokemon i know post malone's out there fucking <laughs> fucking in front of the pokey council just doing a virtual dance and song yeah, with volpix and dude. oddish and just living his best life and hell yeah to, to look back on my history with pokemon like i i had a deep love for that like i would right. you know every day before elementary school i would watch you know original series indigo league stuff oh gee in the, in the johto hashtag and, anime and then there was a <laughs> hashtag elementary school <laughs> But then there was this hashtag, like, kind of drop-off point for me where, like, I hashtag moved on, sadly. And, oh, no. And I really didn't play any of... Well, my thing is, like, I didn't really have a Game Boy, and I didn't get a 3DS until, well, after the fact. So, like, I just missed, like, an entire, hmm. like, several generations of handheld games um, that are really beloved. I never played, you know, yellow or green or blue. Wait, yellow? Red and blue. That Growing that? up, I... Green, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and i hadn't played any of the other ones it wasn't really until like x and y came out that i had played like kind of a first like full handheld game that's fair you gonna play these remakes no what do, what do, what do you mean they, it's your chance to kind of like go back and you know i uh, sure make up for your pokey sins i mean i thought i was gonna do that with pokemon let's go pikachu and Eevee, yeah, but i didn't go. do that so you didn't even get the perif i did not get the perif i don't see you tossing balls in this room <laughs> i mean i'm tossing some balls all right but <laughs> you know pokemon are far away but yeah it's uh I don't, I don't know like this is exciting for people who are into it i think that some chibi, people aren't I, yeah i think the chibi art style is kind of weak People are fucking angry about the art style. First of all, I'm, I'll never get to, like, a level that even resembles angry about a Pokemon game. Yeah. Like, seriously. Um, but I, this is, like, one of the only times that I'm like, yeah, the art style looks kind of weak, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't pop in the same way as going to that, like, kind of retro style that they did for, like, Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, let's add some bloom at the corners of the screen and make sure, like, you know, there's cool perspective shit going on. This looks kind of like a fucking ds game again yeah <laughs> i was like did it not look like that to begin with what's going on here? yeah they, they were showing some like <laughs> top-down shots where i'm like is this from the ds or is this like are these new shots like what is this yeah i was like this is a new style okay yeah this, all right, sure sure like it, it looks a little bland to me that's all same yeah it's it's kind of a bummer too because like the let's go games really did kind of give like a new style and personality and yeah there's a lot more room for kind of like creative license with that because like those are original like game boy games Wrong. right so it's like they kind of gave a whole new dose of like vision to it where it's this is like maybe they tried to like mirror it a little bit but they're mm. like let's not give it the same you know let's go touch 
honestly they should have i know what fans wanted maybe this isn't feasible but they wanted basically the graphics from sword and shield yeah but in the world of gen 4 sure and like that was the only thing i was gonna make anybody happy <laughs> <laughs> or if you did do the chibi style and make it pop a little bit more and just yeah even pop don't get that get that pop that pokey pop you know what i'm saying yeah the the team that did link's awakening like that shit is amazing. That shit's amazing. Like, it's it's a one-for-one, one, but, like, there's just so much, like, personality to, like, every little animation and, like, kind of background in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, you know, cool. Then bring back these games. Give them some old love. Gen 4 doesn't get a whole lot of uh, little play. But here's the thing that excited me the most. Oh, same. The most exciting thing for me was Pokemon Legends Arceus. It is the franchise's first stab at an open-world game. We were just complaining about open-world games, but this is very exciting because this (laughs) this has never been an open-world game. It takes place in the Sinnoh region, but in the distant past. Players will navigate vast outdoor environments dotted with roaming Pokemon. You still somehow have the technology of Pokeballs, but unlike previous games, you need to hide from Pokemon, study their habits, and look for the perfect moment to capture them. A new version of turn-based battles features in the game, and your Pokemon can travel at your side as companions. This brave old world will be coming to the Switch in 2022. Uh, This looks like the hotness. Yeah. Even though the game looks, like, very, very, like, not finished, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it, it, um... It's cool. A lot of people immediately were like, it looks like Breath of the Wild. Yes, green fields yes. is apparently Breath Mountains of the Wild. Mountains in the background. Vistas, Gnancia, yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, they did the exact same shot from the Breath th- of the they Wild. They really trailer. did, though. They really did do that, though. <laughs> so they're trying to evoke, like, hey, Nintendo's back in open world, baby, with another franchise. Mm. Which I'm fine with. We've been crying for this for fucking a thousand years. Yeah. This is like the one thing that fans have always been wanting, right? Well, this is the thing for Pokemon that I feel like it it needed because for the longest time those games, and maybe this is why I didn't play a lot of them, is they were all kind of just iterations of the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. You know? I agree. This is something new. (laughs) It's so cool. I think it's a a bold new step. Um, I think... You know me, guys. Like, I'm always like, oh, I don't really like open world games. But I think the idea of a Pokemon open world game is actually really exciting. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be the kind of daunting checklist game that a lot of open world games are. Um, and I think just the, the notion of, like, getting out there, being maybe strategic, having to catch my Pokemon, seeing my Pokemon out there in the world with me is is cool. It's like, these are cool ideas that, like, I've always hoped for, you know? And it's, yeah. it's cool to see it happen. Now, whether it actually gets executed in, the, in a lot of the ways that I hope, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it is interesting that it's not happening to a mainline title. Like this is being considered like a branch off, like Mm -hmm. Pokemon Legends. Not to say that it you know doesn't look like it's got the full force of Game Freak on it and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's interesting that experimentation. They're just kind of saying, well, if you get mad, at least we can call it a spinoff and say that the next mainline will be more like traditional Pokemon, like you Mm -hmm. like, right? But I feel like that that hey, like you like is what bored people with Sword and Shield. It was very much, even with the slight wild zone areas that give you the the illusion of the game being open world, yeah. and then you end up in towns that are exactly the same as mm-hmm. the old games. Um, I think people just were like, eh, okay, more of the same. Mm-hmm. You already did this with Sun and Moon and fucking X and Y. Like, this is all the same. <laughs> so it's great to see something new. Yeah, those games have always kind of had that same formula of, 
okay, you're going to get your starters, you're going to go out <clears> in the world, you're going to capture Pokemon, you're going to fight people in the wild, you're going to fight X amount of gym leaders, and then you're going to be a Pokemon master that they're going to write songs about. Right, this is the beginning of the legend, yeah. however. You're you're building a Pokedex for the first time, right? Yes. On paper, presumably. I still really fucked up about the Pokeballs. How do they yeah. have Pokeballs? I don't understand. Like, what? There's obviously, like, a mechanism to it, right? It lights up yeah. and shit. It, it minimizes it, the Pokemon in, on impact. It, it's got this weird... That's science. That's science. You can't tell me you live in a, in a Sinnoh village and it's just like, oh, we have this fucking miracle Doctor Who science. Like, yeah, no, we gotta walk everywhere. We don't have buses, but we got these fucking, like... What's going on? Year 2000 Pokeballs. I don't know. I I would prefer this game to be like, oh, we had pillowcases that we would just fucking throw on top of our Pokemon. Yeah, I I think (laughs) it would be interesting to see them play with different ideas with it where it's like oh you have to like maybe lay a trap to different traps yo traps in this game would be good that doesn't mean i want them to like lean hard into like kind of survival open world aspects but like Mm. i don't know play with the the format a bit i mean i want to hunt neat pokemon yeah like i definitely want to go like fishing and like oh it's a magic carp and then cut him in a mini game just like cutting him in pieces and then cooking his fucking body and fucking my little starters just like so excited going like nuts because he smells those flesh fumes and going like oh for me 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 pika pika i want to eat that carp (laughs) yeah dude oh dude that's gonna be so good i want this (laughs) this game's gonna be amazing legendary even (laughs) oh i i don't know i'm i'm looking forward to it for sure i mean we haven't seen much else from it nothing yeah we saw absolutely nothing (laughs) i wish they fucked with combat a little bit more yeah um i have no idea what it's gonna be yeah, I wonder how much it's going to resemble the older games versus like being something unto itself. I'm fine with it being turn-based. I just want to know if it's a little more active, something mm. like that. Huh, we'll see. I mean, it could be like that sort of Final Fantasy thing where it's like you roam into an enemy on the field. You know, you have to fight it. But like it, it's it's like seamless a little bit where it's like you kind of pop in and out of combat. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get like into these like kind of pre-rendered like backgrounds where you do like turn-based stuff. Like, I think they have a chance to make it really feel, like, organic. Yeah. And so I can eat these organisms. <laughs> I'm excited. I like this. Yeah. This is cool. We'll, I, see, we'll see, though, because, like, mm. for the longest time, I was really excited for a Zelda game to be open world, because, like, mm. that DNA always felt like it was there, and then what they did with it didn't really hit with me in the way that I was hoping, because they leaned into a lot of, like, survival aspects. So... I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm, I'm optimistic and hopeful Stamina for Stamina wheel. Fucks yeah. up everything. Let me tell oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucks up the world. Do not give me a stamina wheel in this yeah, game. Stamina wheel fucks up the whole world. I don't care what people say. Yeah, yeah. Weapon degradation. Yeah. Just creates ulcers. <laughs> Makes me sad. Could you imagine if you had like Pokeball degradation? I want like... Pokemon degradation. <laughs> like they just get sick and tired over time. <laughs> if you don't feed them, they die. <laughs> <laughs> You're shaking your ball, you hear a rattle. Like, uh oh. <laughs> Oh, Cubone is uh, in for the long, big sleep. <laughs> ooh, ooh, we got to give this uh, skull to its next of kin. <laughs> Shit. Uh, sir. Yes. Let's move into what is the unofficial topic of this show. Sony again. Yeah. Don't you step a whole on lot the of Sony. God, you're an asshole. Come here. Come here. This is a baby. <laughs> Capture that cat with a mega ball. Oh, you get stinky breath. You probably just ate. She did just eat. But yes, let us roll into this this last uh, news bit here. Sony's State of Play. Yes, they did a February State of Play and they told everyone, get your hopes as high as fucking possible. This one's gonna sting. No, they didn't say anything. They no, just they... kind of announced it like two days before it was gonna happen. Yeah, I, that was kind of the strange thing where it's like, it was probably what, 
uh, a Monday or Tuesday when they announced it, and then it happened like that Thursday. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, they delivered on what they said they were gonna, what it was gonna be. They True. said, "Hey, we're gonna deep dive into ten games that we've already kind of showcased." And then that was kind of it. It definitely played us into the idea of our last episode, where I think a lot of fans had like high expectations for this, and then were very much like let down. What did you think about it across the board in terms of like overall state of play presentation and showcasing? Because I feel like the state of plays have been pretty hit or miss for me mm-hmm. across the board. Where mm-hmm. it's like I think the format works, but like oftentimes I'm like, okay, well th- that was cool, but you know, I, I wasn't wowed. You know, right. Um, it definitely didn't, like, the show didn't wow me. In fact, I think the most, um, telling thing about the show is that I was most excited about a game that already came out. Yes. <laughs> so, it, it just had this kind of feeling of, like, a, we've already seen these things before, but now they're giving us a little bit more, and that's kind of been true to how Sony does stuff, where it's like, here's a big, exciting at- announcement, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna run on that gas for a couple more shows by just showing you, like, another aspect of that game. Yeah. Like, over and over. Like, kinda... And some yeah. of that gets a little tiring, because it's like, maybe that shouldn't be in your presentation, and maybe it should be more of, like, let's deep dive that on its own, or release it on social media, and yeah. be like, hey, we're gonna talk more about uh, Returnal, or what have you, right? Or put it on, like, the PlayStation blog, and do, like, a kind of deep dive for it. Yeah, something like that. But obviously, if you throw it like you, you're going to get the most play out of a state of play, right? All but eyes are on. Look at what the state of plays have been in the past, though. They've yeah. just been deep dives for things for the most part. Yeah. Like, there there have been like true. rare instances where like you get a new announcement, but I feel like they save that for their bigger presser events. Like, mm. what was it? Uh, that Jeff Keighley summer of gaming thing where like we had that kind of like four months of like kind of pockets of announcements and things Yeah, where we got those bigger hype Sony announcements. But the state of plays have just been like, here's more of fucking days gone. Here's more of the last of us. Here's more of this. Here's more of that. You know, it's tough because you're right. Like when I, when I was thinking in the state of play, I was thinking like, Oh, there's a good chance there's going to be like new shit that they're going to show. And it turned out like, well, no, you're right. When they started state of play, it was this kind of like, Hey, let's sit down and talk about like a, you know, this game for a little Mm -hmm. bit and then move on to maybe a couple of other trailers. So they do this like intermix of like, here's these fucking high pass announcements. And then here's these kind of slower deep dives. And I think that's when expectations, start to get like kind of whack i almost wish that you would like you know kind of segment these in different ways and be like here's our like you know like uh our flash reel for like upcoming games versus here is or sorry here's our announcement reel versus here's our deep dive reel yeah just like separate it so like the expectations are in whack for people you know so so people aren't sitting there and going like fuck returnal what the fuck show a new silent hill it's like well fuck yeah (laughs) sony you kind of did this to people (laughs) well this is why they stopped doing big press events this Mm -hmm. is why they kind of stopped doing um psx because after a while like they had stopped they ran out of stuff to show like i remember the the, the (laughs) last big like e3 that they did where it's like here are our pillar four titles spider-man uh death stranding last of us 2 ghost of tsushima we're gonna give you like these really like kind of deep divey stuff but after a while it's like well they don't have much else to deep dive and show so like why are they gonna waste their time showing up to an event <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it, it's a weird intermix but overall i was like it, it's fine it's interesting seeing the games that we've already seen like a little bit more again i am super excited about returnal uh yeah. that's a housemark title they have famously said that yeah all of our shmup games or little shoot 'em ups um that we're known for have stopped selling mm-hmm. so we're gonna go and move on to a different genre yeah and so this is like their first attempt to do like a third person action thing when it, I, I, it's interesting because like mm-hmm. they were kind of the kings of like sony arcade type games yeah and, like, that sort of like twin stick shooter 
Gear feel. Yeah, moving past arcade. I was pretty lukewarm on Returnal. I think it's a dumb name. It's an amazing name. Actually, Return Forever Roll. But this is an instance <laughs> where like a deep dive actually helped sell me on it more. Yeah. So, um, what did you see that made made you go, "Wow"? Just some of the like oh, enemy fuck. encounters. Um, the, the idea of it being kind of a roguelike really resonated with me more like in, in seeing it than just hearing about it yeah. uh, or on paper where I'm like, oh yeah, there's some cool concepts at play. You know, the fact that like this is a kind of um, like third person roguelike and, and you don't quite see that too often. You see that mm-hmm. mostly in like kind of side scrolling games, 2.5 games. This comes out April 30th. Yeah. Oh man, that comes out the same day as like everything else. Same day as Pokemon Snap well i will play returnal honestly i'm more excited about returnal i'm sorry all right um but yeah other other standouts from it why don't you just run down the list of like what the not a lot yeah well what i hate about these lists i'm looking at ign right now they always go for the top news first like the biggest announcements and then just like run down the list they don't do it in the order that the state of play did it which i would prefer like i would want to like mimic like what are the exciting things but like honestly yeah of course they're going to mention final fantasy 7 like, as the first item mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> so do we have to talk about it in the in the framing of IGN <laughs> i i'm not going to do it that way no cuz that's going to be the last thing i, I probably yeah, want to talk okay, about okay see so the first thing they showed was crash bandicoot 4 it's about time they showcased the ps5 version and upgrade for it so it came out already that's what i was thinking cuz it's already out on PS4, and this okay. is for the PS5 that comes out on March 12th. Gotcha. So it's going to have faster loading time, save transfers, 3D audio support, adaptive trigger, and other dual sense features. And it's going to run at 4K, 60 frames per second. Ah, dude. So that'd be silk. I mean, that's cool. It looks neat. I don't know. I still have never played a Crash Bandicoot, so. I don't really? Know, whatever. Yeah. The collection is free on uh, yeah. PS Plus. But my time isn't. <laughs> You're out here trying to get skins in Fortnite. You don't know what I do. <laughs> you could be fucking playing. You don't know what I do with my time. I know exactly what you do with your time. I'm gonna play fucking Crash Bandicoot. Uh, that was one of them. There's a new multiplayer dodgeball game called Knockout City. Yeah, hell yeah, uh, which dude. Looks neat. I guess. Wow, so cool, dude. Man, we already forgot about Destruction All Stars. Let's forget about this one too. <laughs> this just reminds me of like them leaning into like, hey, we're trying to get more multiplayer games out there. You know. Hmm. Yeah, single player's dead. Could be neat, but it didn't really. I had no po- pulse on that. I had a pulse on this other game, Sifu. Oh yeah, Sifu looks really fucking cool. Um, it is a martial arts based uh game, uh, from the guys that did Absolver. Absolver had interesting combat, but I didn't like the guys of like the rest of the game. How it was like online and all this shit. This one seems more traditional. Uh, each time the player character dies, they're revived slightly older and more skilled. People keep on doing this aging mechanic <laughs> when dying. Like fucking, what was that one game that I just played that I actually did? Like from the Remnant guys. Yeah, from Remnant guys. Um, Cosmo, Kronos, Kronos, Kronos. Uh, which has a weird history that Nick looked up for me. He was like, "Oh, it was actually a VR game called Kronos, so that came out before Remnant, but they made Remnant, which was in the same world as Kronos, so they decided to go back and flesh out more of the lore and in, in the Kronos original and re-release it okay. as like a Dark Souls game, and it's boring. <laughs> yeah, it looks kind of boring." That was the review of Kronos. But this looks cool. Yeah, they they showcased like kind of it looked like a hallway <clears> fight <throat> in the in the vein of like Old Boy or like Daredevil. Yeah, and you see yeah. these like kind of cool kung fu moves and yeah, kung fu. Yeah, that could be neat. I, I think it looks good. Solar Ash looked cool. Oh yeah, the Hyper Light Drifter developer Heart Machine made it. It looked a lot like Haven, oddly enough. It 
does look like a forward locomotion locomotion and a big colorful animated open world yeah yeah yeah, yeah, cool traversal i think disaster piece is doing the music for it too really cool so back from hyperlight that's cool that's cool yeah i'm actually really excited about this one no i i am too uh i like the the fact that your main character ray is considered a a void runner i'm like (laughs) that's a cool title yeah that's really interesting um i haven't played hyperlight drifter but i definitely want to go back and check it out i want to say this is a weird one for me but I think I'm going to play the new Five Nights at Freddy's. Why? Because it actually looks like an interesting survival horror well, It looks game. like a game, yeah. <laughs> like, where the other ones look like some sort of fucking Flash game on a budget, yeah. uh, this one actually looks like they gave it some oomph. It's it's a little more open. It's first person. You're walking around this huge place. Yeah, it's called Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Um, it's got voice acting and characters and an actual character model. And I'm like, okay, wow, you've actually changed this shit. So it's it's apparently the most ambitious Five or FNAF no. <laughs> in the franchise. No. FNAF, dude. FNAF, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's an actual uh, thing. I won't buy it, but You're if it's buy it. free, I will download it. No, it'll be free when you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that franchise does not speak to me at all. It um, never spoke to me, but I was like, oh, that was actually a pretty decent trailer. And I could see why people like it. Yeah. People like Oddworld for some reason. Yeah, I was going to say, so Oddworald Soulstorm is coming yeah. into PS5 and PS4 on April 6th. It's uh, pretty cool. I'd never I really know. had much stake in Oddworld. Franchise is like 25 years old. I don't know. <laughs> no, the they fuck won't let it go. <laughs> Some people say it's cool. Some people say it's cool. I don't listen to those people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got Returnal, which looks dope. Yeah, what would you like to see that game do that would kind of really break the mold for you? I would like them to like translate the kind of um one versus a million shmup gameplay into a third person shooter for me uh and it seems like from the trailers and deep divies i've been seeing it's like yeah you get like these waves of like enemies coming at you which is pretty cool so that's i want that i want to feel like i want to feel the dna of those old housemark arcade shooters but Uh like in the guise of like oh we're doing this to a double a game you know so it looked very kinetic actually like the the impression i got watching it it reminded me a bit of control yeah like how you kind of move and there's like a lot of forward momentum to the combat um death loop we got more death loop uh sure did i again i'm i'm still i don't know where i'm at with death loop i it's one of those games where it's like i need somebody i trust to tell me that it's decent and i'll probably pick it up but i so far most of sorry most of arcane slate of games do not interest me Dishonored is not something I'm really into, even though I heard two is way better than one. Mm-hmm. But um, I like Prey. I like Prey. I redownloaded Prey. Did not play it all. <laughs> I re-da- It's there. It's on yeah. my hard drive. Did not play it. You though. redownload a lot of games. And I, I imagine you'll play it for like an hour or two one night, and then that'll hmm. be kind of that for you. Well, if you keep them close, they keep you warm. That's true. That's the deal. The video game warmth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm tired of seeing Deathloop. This is like the fifth time we've <laughs> fucking seen it. And like you... They're bent on just showing us, like, really cool stylistic trailers every time isn't really working for me. The combat gameplay, it looks fine. I mean, it just... I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm in that same boat where I need to hear that it's good. And even then, I'll probably be like, hmm, I'm being know. told how the game functions and what the mechanics are, but I'm not seeing an actual, like, don't spruce this up with music. Literally show me, like, a level or yeah. something. Well, the the last deep dive we got for it was a bit more like, hey, here's you going through a level. Here's kind of some, you know. Did they do that? Yeah. And I missed that? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, they gave me what I wanted. I'm going to buy it. Day one. <laughs> Thank you, Arcane. You did it. You sold me. You- <laughs> I hope it's a success. Like, I hope it's it's one of those things where it's like Arcane is taking a gamble on a new IP and it works off for them. Because yeah. obviously they're putting a lot of love and care to it. It seems very stylish and, and new and fresh. And 
I yeah, I, I would like to see it hit for people, you know. But I need four more trailers. No, stop. I need four it's more so death loop trailers. No, no, no. We need about four more. I, I think that's seeing trailers of stuff. Yeah, they're so easy to cut trailers. Uh the Kenna, the Soul yes. Bridge. Yes. Or whatever the fuck it's called. Bridge of Spirits. <laughs> people are very hype on this game. Yeah. For me, it's kinda like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. It it like it's not hitting me. I, I I get it. It's a Pixar film that you can play. But like what's what's the thing? What's the hook? It's just pretty? Yeah. Okay. It's a Pixar game that you could play. Honestly, like, <laughs> it was one of those things where I wasn't too sold on it until I saw the deep dive for it, and I'm like, okay. Okay. It's like, some of the combat looks interesting. Um, <laughs> this cat's wild today. She wants to play with the toy. She's wild. Um, the gameplay looks cool. Like, some of the encounters look really neat. I imagine it's going to have some, like, interesting kind of, like, adventure elements to it. And some of the, like, bosses and enemy types you're fighting, like... They're, kind of, they're, I don't know, they're big, they're scary, and I just wasn't really expecting, like, kind of that level of, like, enemy variance. Oh, you sold me. All right, yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say it's going to be, like, a, a Pixar Dark Souls now. Hold your Oh, horses. it's not? Okay, I'm not buying it. Fuck them. <laughs> but... I want Pixar Dark Souls. I mean, it looks neat. I just, I don't know if it's a day one for me. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I, I, I need to see a little bit more. I need to see four more trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get to the big thing, the big meaty juicy sure. thing? Yeah, let's let's talk about this fucking Square Enix drop. The A Square game Enix you've already Mike played. Drop. Uh yeah, uh we are getting Final Fantasy 7 remake intergrade oh what a title well first of all let me let me there's two things happening here but they they rolled it up into one beautiful material ball yeah two things first thing we're getting a ps5 upgrade this Hell year yeah happening in june i believe end of june june 30th or yes. something like that and it is free to you ps4 owners of the game that mm-hmm. is us daniel great mm-hmm. um it's also coming to ps plus by the way yes for free for march, like, for march. Yeah. but uh that version of the game is not upgradable to the <laughs> ps5 edition damn yeah yeah yeah, you thought you're gonna get in there for free, huh? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you can't get a free game and a free upgrade. Pick yeah, one. Can't do that. And then also, Integrate is a new standalone chapter that introduces Yuffie, the ninja, the great ninja Yuffie, the great nin- Yuffie, <laughs> and famed uh, materia thief. It'd be ten dollars, or it's rolled into the PS5 edition if you buy it uh, all together, which is Integrate, mm-hmm. just called Integrate, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Was pretty exciting. Uh, first of all, I loved seeing Final Fantasy VII again, even if it was just to tell me that it's it's coming out again (laughs) i was like yeah dude i'll play it fuck yeah the music and all that oh yeah it got me hype like all over again and i've I've been itching for a reason to replay the game right 60 frames new difficulty modes by the way better load Uh, speeds better load speeds they literally the biggest dick moment of that (laughs) of that whole thing was just like yeah new load times and rather just like having it as floating text they're like let's demonstrate bitch start menu press it load a file boom cloud (laughs) you're just like oh shit that's really fast actually yeah i mean the the menu to gameplay loads are going to be fast but i feel like we're still going to have those things yeah. that were coded in as like here's a kind of veil of loading that you're not supposed to the notice. crawl space yeah, shit the crawl yeah space no stuff. they're not like, removing the happen. crawl spaces you from know? the game that those literally the remake wouldn't work without the crawl space yeah. loading times all right but yeah i'm excited um what do you think what do you think of this standalone yuffie chapter right cuz it's like throwing in a lot of tertiary or not tertiary but like satellite final fantasy 7 yeah. lore so like dirge of service characters from that game 
are popping into this fucking DLC. Like, what is this thing? Yeah, you got her. You got her, like, little Moogle cape and costume that was from Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. That other character, I don't know his name. And then you got Weiss the Immaculate, who looks like a fucking, like, Kingdom Hearts character. Oh, yeah. He looks like, um, like, uh, if the weird Sephiroth clones did, like, a fusion dance together. Yes. <laughs> that's what he is. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Did you play Dirge? I did not, know. I did not either. No, no. I think five people played Dirge. Chelsea <laughs> really loves Dirge, because Vincent. Of course. Yeah. Oh, no, Vincent Valentine is a very beloved character he's he's pretty dope right so this is this is cool i i like the idea of this being kind of like a how how should i say like a simultaneous running story to the main game where like that moment where cloud kind of dips out of the party that's where this is kind of taking place yeah um and you see yuffie kind of come into like that area of midgar and like kind of interplaying with like tifa and barrett and it's it's cool to see her there like I, I love Yuffie. She's a great character. Mostly optional, though, like in the original in the game. Original. Like, you can totally play that whole game and not get her in your party. Um, mm. So it, it's cool to see her kind of, like, pushed in the in the spotlight a bit. Um, and it, it makes me wonder if we're going to get similar approaches to other characters. Um, Vincent? Yeah, Vincent, Sid, maybe Kate Sith. Mm. We shall see. But it's just, like, it makes me worry because it's like it's such square enix fuckery to be like here are all these other episodes that we're going to repackage and put into like the the premiere this is final fantasy 7 remake 1.7 interlude yeah <laughs> you know? I, like, I had a theory that it fuck. upset many people <laughs> it upset ben of GameSpot. it upset chelsea of chelsea Hecabad. uh and i said that these characters wouldn't be integrated into like remake part two mm-hmm. um unless you have these dlc chapters like if you have integrate or like whatever else they release like they just wouldn't be like selectable in your party unless you had the dlc much like how mass effect 2 did it with kasumi and the other character um they hated that they don't they don't think that's gonna happen and at first my baseline was like uh well you know i think they're just gonna take the optional characters and make them integrate them into the story default anyway regardless of like how they interact with your party but now i'm just like i don't know Square Enix spending a lot of money on this game. Yes. They got to make money back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but I, I hope they don't do that. I hope that these characters are still in the mainline story. But I have no problem with us with them giving us like extra chapters. Yeah. Right? I, I think it's it's a good <clears throat> way to introduce these characters that didn't have bigger introductions in the, in the first place. Right. I mean, granted, like... Think of what they did with Jesse, right? Yeah, exactly. Give her a whole fucking thing. <laughs> so, but my, my worry is that it's just going to slow down the overall process and development and release for these games. Ah, uh, you think so? Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Like, granted, like, you're going through areas you've already been through. So they're definitely reusing assets of Midgar and stuff that was already there and just kind of telling it from a kind of, like, in the middle of the story perspective uh, that otherwise, like, wasn't there. So... It's cool, but it's just like, fuck, like, you could have probably just weaved her into the next part of the game and made it work, but whatever, you know, they're they're doing it for a reason. Yeah, what am I going to get Speaker for the Dead if you're giving me all these Ender's Shadow books? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> no, actually, on that note, um, Nomura said that he will not be directing the next game, mm-hmm. uh, Remake Part 2, or whatever the fuck it is. The co-director of this, the first one, is going to be spearheading that title, because okay. apparently Nomura has an unprecedented amount of titles on his, uh, on his schedule, huh. including all of the seven compilation titles because they didn't just announce this like after the oh, yeah. press conference they're like by the way do you love mobile games and people are like I, yeah i guess <laughs> here's a battle royale <laughs> here's a battle royale set in the remake universe called the first soldier also here is and this is the weirdest project doggy dog yeah here is a 
re-remake or remake demake yeah another version of final fantasy 7 that also bakes in the lore of every single compilation game like the psp games and shit like that and i'm like what what are you doing it looks like um final fantasy 15 pocket edition yes but like super chibi characters. Yeah, but it's weird because it's not like they're just one for one, just like uplifting Final Fantasy VII original just because they're using chibi characters. If you looked at the design, I was like, this is the remake uh, yeah. Seventh Heaven, but it's like chibied. What is this? Who asked for this? Is Nomura doing this by himself? <laughs> What's happening here? He's just a man of mystery and I don't even want to understand it. Yeah. Because I, I feel like... <laughs> his mind works the the way like jinko pants do where there's many zippers <laughs> in, in pockets of, of dimensions within them and I, I can't begin to keep track of everything that he's got going on in my head of his <laughs> <laughs> an analog for nomura are the very trip pants he has on his body <laughs> many different colors and straps and zippers <laughs> a lot of different modules i mean yeah. yeah this is cool like sure more final fantasy 7 is is not a bad thing you know yeah yeah no it's not a bad thing but i i guess um what he was saying about uh his the co-director becoming yes. becoming the main director is that now that the main mechanics and gameplay are solidified for final fantasy 7 for these remakes mm. he feels that he can take more of like a bird's eye view and just kind of approve any improvements Mm -hmm. that they need to make rather than saying i need to direct these games hands-on and i'm like that's interesting right like how much of like the like cinematics and writing and stuff like were him or not him Mm -hmm. you know where he just feels like yeah go ahead make part two fuck it (laughs) i mean maybe that was his kind of like brainchild in the first place like we got to get this initial remake off the ground in a way that feels right and true to mm. like the vision that we have in mind for it at that point it, like it was a smash hit they nailed the vision they nailed what they were trying to do this kind of revisionist history final fantasy 7 remake yeah and like the framework's all there you know the combat system's there if they don't change much to that and a lot of it is just like all right let's really hammer down on like building new environments and getting that final fantasy 7 story yeah, in there yeah. a lot of the lifting does itself but true uh, and uh, just them saying like hey we're happy with how the mechanics of the game work i'm just like me me too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Looking Thank at you. the way that Yuffie plays in that uh, new episode, I'm like, fuck yes. Like, oh, it's going to be exciting. I'm so excited for I'm that. I'm going to be so excited to do that. Yeah. She's the only playable character in it, though. There's another character that's in your party who, yeah. like, I think you can assign, like, tactical moves. So you don't get to play as But well. you don't get to control them. Yeah. So that's a lot like how they treated uh, Red, Red 13. Red 13. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, interesting. I want more, but also them, like, focusing on this and the integrate episode means. I don't even think we'll hear about the second part of the game this mm-hmm. year. Like, I, I, maybe, 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 maybe toward the end of the year, they're like, here's a trailer. But I, this, that game's not coming out soon. And I think the thing that we need to really buckle down with and understand as fans of this mm-hmm. franchise is that just because we got, like, the last one doesn't mean it's not going to be four years until the next one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that could honestly be the case. <laughs> right? Like, this... Again, we talked about it at, like ad nauseum about, man, what is it going to look like when we're in our fucking 40s and this shit finally ends? That's crazy. Yeah, I would not be surprised if the last iteration came out like when, I, when I'm like 41 or something. Oh, God. No, Nomura, <laughs> you son of a bitch. He's like, if I have to be old making these games, you fuckers are going to be old playing them. <laughs> Born by the Buster Blade. Die by the Buster Blade. <laughs> Shit, dude. But 
I mean, that's like the thing I'm most excited yeah. for. I don't know if that speaks well to the other games that were announced at the State of Play. Or, yeah, there was some announcements, but none of those really hit me. Mm-hmm. The thing that we're most excited for is a game that already came out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping for the next State of Play, maybe we get something, a better idea of what the end of this year might look like, or the mm-hmm. middle of the year even. Because, again, all the big things that people were mad about not being there. God of War Ragnarok, Horizon, Zero West on. Mm-hmm forbidden um and both of those titles are supposedly coming out this year yeah which is hmm. suspicious suspicious because like given the cadence of these state of plays i don't think we see another one until springtime like late spring <laughs> at this point right like late april early june there was a cadence where they were hitting it like almost every month or two like when they started mm-hmm. if, if we're hitting june that means like virtual or not we're hitting e3 season yeah. again so I think that's when we see it. So yeah, so uh, <laughs> that means we have to wait for all these uh, big press events in the summer. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what a scant year. However, backlog season four and a half. <laughs> it will continue. It will continue. I mean, there's plenty of games that like I'm still kind of scraping through, and I'm, I'm yeah, dude. You know, okay to finish up first before moving on to these new stuff, new things. And I mean. New stuff is still coming out. Like, yeah. you just picked up Persona 5 Strikers. It's so good. It's like, you know, there's still stuff coming out. It's yeah. just not that sort of, like, normal calendar year that, yeah. that we would anticipate. Um, I still got to work on my Metal Gear Solid Platinum. Yeah. That's That's been a lot of work. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I don't have an ECD for anybody. I was hopeful yeah. that I could get it nailed down. Uh, looking like quarter two. Yeah. Looking like quarter two. Same with me in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Probably Q2, Q3, maybe. Q2, Q3. Yeah. That's a big game. Yeah. It's a big game. See you in the Coliseum out there. Yep, big game. Big game. <laughs> Meanwhile, I could take these kind of like side ventures to beat a game like Pathless in a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, that's why. I, uh, yeah, I've been trying to do the same thing, like playing Haven and whatnot. Yeah. And, like jumping off to the side. Yeah. And you also played the Outriders demo. Oh, the Outriders demo. Yep. It was cool. It's mm-hmm. fine. I don't think it's the next big thing. It's honestly, um, I called it... <laughs> anthem's brother from another mother yeah it really is anthem again um so that's why i was kind of like oh shit how's this gonna do (laughs) but yeah it's fine that's my review when does that come out i don't know i can look it up i guess Hmm. i forgot i don't know if they gave it a date i mean i saw you play it for like two to three hours which is crazy for a demo like they give you a, a large portion of that game to test out that they do that they do they must be serious about it yeah and there's a lot going on in it too so um, I'm confused because they said it had an initial release date. Mm-hmm. I hate that I have to look up release date. It's saying, it keeps on saying initial release date, December 2020. I'm like, did this come out for something? Hmm. I'm confused. Maybe there was like an initial beta or demo that came out? April 1st. Oh, that's not a joke. April 1st. Okay. That's not a joke. <laughs> there you go, Outriders. Pick it up now. <laughs> i want to ask you as like a kind of final note about the state of play stuff um what do you think they need to do differently to maybe deliver or do you think they're just going to kind of keep doing the same thing they've been doing with them hmm that's a good question i think i love deep divey stuff mm-hmm. but i i think the the issue that they're running into is that it's an intermingling mm-hmm. and it was heavier on announcements that we've already had mm-hmm. and just kind of showing you more of the games that we already know know about 
I think they need to do some sort of separation or just minimize that presence. Like, mm-hmm. like you really need it. It's almost like the the hope or promise of big new game announcements fucks up our attention span for the shit that is legitimately cool that you're trying to show us. Yeah. So you need to separate those. I think that's the biggest thing, and be like, hey, state of play. You know, there's going to be a deep dive on games that you know about, and then we're going to do a different kind of show for here's stuff you don't know about. I think you need to separate them mm-hmm. in a clean way. Yeah. I mean, I feel like regardless of the company no matter who you are you're shooting yourself in the foot with it right yeah like when we saw that resident evil showcase like a lot of people were kind of let down by it It was cool to get a village deep dive but all the other stuff was just kind of like shrug worthy same with the last like nintendo direct you know it's it's tough like how do you segment this stuff where it's like you these things maybe to them represent one thing and then to the gamers and the greater audience it represents something else where it's like oh yeah, there's so much hope and promise for new releases and announcements. And they're like, no, 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 that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe set the expectation for what these things are a little differently. Yeah, maybe even going forward and just like, hey, we don't have any like world premieres, but yeah. this is going to be about a deep dive on stuff that you already know about and still call it state of play. That's fine. I kind of ha- had to figure this was going to be a lighter affair just because of the way they announced it too. Yeah. Like yeah. you literally just announced it like two days before <laughs> the thing. Right. It's like, I feel like if they wanted to play it up as a bigger thing, they probably would have given it like a week out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they would, it would need that kind of like full force if they knew it was going to be like a slobber knocker showcase just for games media's sake. Right. Yeah. Although I was reading something. Um, I think it was Luke Plunkett or somebody. No, no, it was not Luke Plunkett. I didn't get his name right, but yeah. they work in games media and they considered the state of play a big waste of time. Mm-hmm. And he meant that literally he was like in games media, it is a waste of time because like we have to stop our day. We have to make sure we have to have a game plan of who's covering what, who's mm-hmm. going to handle news versus media versus images, yeah. all the like screen captures and stuff. Like all this shit is lined up from the surprise, like two days out show mm-hmm. to only have it be a thing where it's like only one thing was kind of announced and it was shit that we already knew about. Yeah. And he was like, this was literally a waste of our time. Yeah. Cause at that point, like <laughs> what do you do in your news recap? You just probably copy, <laughs> copy the link for the trailer put it in your article yeah and then write a short blurb about it it, it just it's yeah it just people <laughs> get their time kind of sucked away for something that wasn't all that exciting to begin with yeah um yeah i think the messaging needs to be clear it can't be this big mystery thing where it's like state of play is happening and people go oh fuck is this the one where dino crisis is remade and it's like yeah. no we just wanted to show you returnal again yeah oh because people were like oh what the fuck <laughs> say that first yeah i i don't think this was like a like a wet fart of a no no, no, it means. wasn't bad at all. But it definitely wasn't like it wasn't amazing. And yeah. even seeing Final Fantasy VII remake, like yes, that pulls up my heart. I love that game so much. But it's like you showed us a new character in the same assets, so it's like it's cool that that's there and the promise of it's there. But you didn't really show us anything groundbreaking. Yeah, here, here, here's what it is. What I'm trying to say is that like these companies don't do enough to like control their own hype. Yeah. They would prefer all eyes on deck, but. The problem I had was I watched it on YouTube and I had the comment stream going just to see what people were saying. Mm-hmm. And everything that wasn't like a new announcement, people were like, shit, bah, fucking waste of time. What the fuck? Blah, blah, blah. And I got to say to myself, it probably sucks to be a dev for one of these games going like, yo, I'm showing Deathloop, like actual new footage from it. Mm-hmm. And have like the whole crawl just being like, oh, where the fuck is Horizon? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, Sony could have done a good job of like actually setting the expectations correctly just from a tweet mm-hmm. and say, hey, we're going to show you 10 games you've already seen before for <laughs> you know i mean they said it though they the said thing. we're gonna show you 10 games they they said we're gonna deep dive 10 games that's it and it's like well what are they gonna deep dive on at that point like mm. they're not gonna d- deep dive 
a fucking uh, I don't know like a quick tease of a game. Yeah, they're no, not gonna deep. They're dive gonna deep dive stuff trailer. that's already there. Right, right. Like so, you have to maybe fill in some of that that space in your in your brain. But I agree. Yeah, they could say like, here are ten upcoming titles that you know about. Here's what we're gonna do in detail, yeah. and then people, industry people, games media could adjust and be like, all right, this is gonna be a smaller thing. Cool. Yeah, exactly. But they also don't want to downplay their own hype either. I know it's like, it's, it's a bad balance, right? Because yeah. like from a marketing standpoint, it's like, oh, I don't give a fuck if people are here to see Horizon. We at least got them eyes on. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like, we made them sit for thirty minutes for all shit that they didn't care about but maybe maybe they looked at our our dodgeball game and said to themselves oh fuck it looks kind of (laughs) cool yeah yeah there were like a few like oh this looks kind of cool moments but like nothing to like really like make me scream about and i think that's just kind of where we're at we're walking away from those moments as like these events become more digital presences Mm -hmm. and we don't have those in moment get hype like pressers you know it's temper your expectations for that because it's going to be more of that stuff yeah that's the (laughs) ebb and flow of having that like um doing these um kind of regular update presentations Mm -hmm. is that you're not always going to have something super exciting to show people because that's not how life works that's Mm -hmm. not how game development works there isn't a diablo 4 in development every year you know like it's not exactly (laughs) it's never going to be that right where it's like before we got maybe like biannual and that like presser announcements between like maybe like Tokyo Game Show and then like E3 and mm-hmm. then like other companies would do pocket stuff like you'd have BlizzCon you'd have PSX stuff like that so it's like we really only had like maybe two on average events per year to showcase like certain games from certain studios and the rest of it was like here's a trailer that we dropped out of nowhere so I think the the regularity of which we're getting updates is uncommon and with that you know we're gonna get disappointed because it's like well they're showing us what they have. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a thing for me where it's just like, well, I'm disappointed. You need to set the right expectations. I'm like, I don't give a shit. It's fucking commercials. Yeah. Show me something that's cool. I, I think it's more about the conversation that just erupts around it is just so shitty. Yeah. It shows. And it's like, it's like, God damn it. These people, I get that they're idiots, but there's a lot of these idiots out here. Maybe you need to like kind of, <laughs> you know, stymie that a little bit so that cool games aren't overwhelmed with negativity because people had maladjusted expectations mm-hmm. right there's there's some kind of firefighting that needs to happen there you can't just stand back and just like point and laugh at these fools you know like eh, come on they're controlling the mind share i'm tired of seeing reddit post after reddit post of like oh fuck it, this is what they could have shown us and like impossible expectations it's like well you guys need to you need to work on yourselves, and then also <laughs> the hype machines need to understand that they can't just fire off hype into the night <laughs> on a constant basis. Yeah. So, ebb and flow. We'll this see. is a continuation of our conversation from the from last episode. Week. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting, because like, at the end of that one, I had a thought of, like, when are we going to get a state of play? And then literally they just shadow dropped one. Yeah. I, I hope when we do get these kind of maybe more deep divey stuff for Horizon and God of War, there is kind of an idea of when it's coming out, and... You know, if if they're not ready to show it, then they're not ready to show it. That's fine because we've seen what announcing and then announcing a date too early does to a game and a company, and then the inadvertent effects of like, oh, we got to push it off. Oh, we got to push it off. <laughs> yeah, but I want that fucking Ragnarok, man. Where's that Batman game? I want to. Well, the the multiplayer one. Uh, Gotham Knights. Yeah, dude. That game looks so cool. When I'm gonna ride, boy? <laughs> what a ride through the night. When does that come out? Is that this year? I don't know. I want a demo. Mm. I want a demo. I want to beat up Frost. Mr. Frost. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Freeze. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're done with this episode. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we got. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Let's fucking get out of here. Like fucking Yuffie after a material steal. 
<laughs> oh, I, I snatched that. I gotta go. That was that was good. Yeah. That was good. All right. Well, guys, thank you. We are the Save Room. If you want to check us out at Twitter, we are at Save Room Show. Otherwise, like we said, SoundCloud, Google, the rest of them. Look up Twitch, the Save Room. Everywhere. You'll find us. Yeah. You'll find us. Or another podcast. I'm not sure. Who knows? <laughs> that, that, that's what we can hope in the, in, the, in the search for our podcast you find something different and better whatever whenever you go looking we just hope that you find something you like yeah. that's all if it's but, us that's cute that is cute and we, th- we think our fans are cute so thank you guys for listening thank and, y'all and, being, and being roommates keep on being cute and remember to save your game <laughs>